everyone. Welcome to Shalanda Says, where we answer questions on all sorts of topics ranging from relationships to career growth. Join us as we answer listener questions and interview various experts in their field. Want a question answered? Send it to Shalanda at TuxWilderGuidance.com. That's Shalanda at TuxWilderGuidance.com. Now here's your hostess and proclaimed queen of time management and goal setting, Shalanda. Today we have Michelle Hasty Thompson, who is a recovered binge eater, who turned her binge eating around and even got featured in Shape Magazine, helping a woman lose weight in My Weight Loss Diaries. She helps women end the battle of binge and overeating, fall in love with movement, and finally lose the weight permanently. A veteran weight loss coach for almost 10 years, she is a PhD student in health psychology and has three published books. The most recent is titled, Have Your Cake and Be Happy With It, A Joyful Approach to Weight Loss. So grab your free gift at imdonedieting.com. So welcome, Michelle. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yes, ma'am. And I would like to go ahead and jump into our first five questions. These are questions all our guests are asked. And the first question is, what drew you into this particular area? Uh, Divine intervention, (laughs) because I I had no idea this is what I would be doing. Um, And then when I started struggling myself and then figured out how to stop struggling, the business was born. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now tell us what impact you hope to make. The biggest impact that I hope to make is sort of twofold. I want to influence the adults who are struggling with weight and binge eating and help them come to a place of peace in their bodies. And then the second layer of that is that way they can then teach their children how to model that so that we don't have as many eating disorders and and girls and teens so unhappy with their bodies and obsessed with weight. Right. Yeah. Because I know when I got into psychology, my background is family therapy and professional counseling. I was when I was thinking about specializing, I noticed that or actually just growing up in general and looking at society. I saw that a lot of people had issues with their image and their weight. And weight loss is still a big industry and people want to get healthy all the time. And so I started looking into the specialty of helping people with their binge eating. And a lot of people don't know is that at the age of 14, I went through a period where I was anorexic. And fortunately, I had a father who paid attention to his daughter's eating habits. And so he confronted me about that and intervened. And so that just struck something up in me to want to help other people who would would be going through the same problem of their self-image. So I want to get into that later on as far as you sharing with us a little more about your story and your binge eating. Okay. And so what I would like to know, sorry, what I would like to know next though is a little more detail about the impact you hope to make. Yeah. So like I said, right now, I'm just working on working with the adults. If I can get the adults to get into a healthy and 
peaceful and sort of normal relationship with food in their bodies, then they will start modeling that. And then the children, the teens will start to see, oh, it's, it's not normal to just talk about dieting all the time, or it's not normal to pick and prod the body. Whereas right now it sort of is. Right. Yeah. That's the norm these days. Now think about everything, you know, in regards to the path you've chosen or the path that you're on. In retrospect, what would you do differently, if anything? Definitely in the beginning, when I sort of stumbled across this field and helped myself and all by accident, but when it all happened, I was out there like screaming from the rooftops, like, come on, people, we got to do it this way. And um, I got a lot of heat because I was so new in this field. It was all sort of even new to me. And I needed to take a step back and realize that people aren't quite there yet, right? It's, it's too easy for me to say, you don't need to diet anymore and you can have peace with your body and blah, blah, blah. It's like, it's too much at all at once. So I had to really teach myself to take a step back and really meet people where they are and walk them patiently through the process. Okay. And I'm taking notes because I want to ask you so much, but I need to stay focused. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. And the next question is, what trends do you see within your specialty? Fortunately, it does seem like it's trending more towards the the self-acceptance, the um, less rigorous dieting in a sense. At the same time that we say that, because we hear about health at every size and we hear about some of these more body accepting Mm -hmm. type of things, we're seeing models that are not skinny anymore. Mm -hmm. But then every commercial, every magazine is about keto, intermittent fasting, and like all restrictions and deprivations. So I think we're making really, really small baby steps Mm -hmm. at a snail's pace, basically. Right, yeah. Because I I do notice that as well, is that we have plus-size models where before we had our twiggies, and that was the thing to look, look up to was the super skinny girls and being stressed out because we weren't a size zero, you know? And I do like the fact that these days I am seeing commercials with uh, the Lane Bryant women dancing around and being comfortable in their own skin. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. And even plus size, I mean, plus size is in the modeling industry is like a size six. Just (laughs) doesn't make any (laughs) sense whatsoever. (laughs) It's not really plus size, but okay. They're trying. (laughs) yeah and tell me what advice would you like to offer listeners oh so much I guess the Mm -hmm. the the simplest advice would be to really find compassion for yourself Mm. you know we didn't get here accidentally if you struggle with weight if you struggle with food there's an underlying reason why it's happening so not to beat yourself up or Try to be less judgmental against yourself and have some compassion that you're, you're doing the best you can with what you got. And there's other reasons this is happening if you're really honest with yourself. Right. Yeah. Now, I want you to go into some more detail about how you got on this path because you had bad eating habits as well. And what happened in your life that helped you recognize this? Because a lot of times... Men and women, men go through uh, eating disorders as well. But what in your life, what happened to help you recognize that this was a problem and that you needed to fix it? 
I think my story might be a little bit different than a lot of people just because I didn't have issues with it Mm -hmm. until I decided one day that I wanted to be like the healthiest, fittest version of myself. Mm -hmm. Um, And prior to that, didn't really have any issues with weight or food. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was kind of going along my merry way, just disconnected from that world altogether. Mm -hmm. And then the minute that I got in the gym and started counting my calories and being really focused on, I'm going to be the best version of me, Mm -hmm. I started rapidly gaining weight um, Mm -hmm. and getting out of control with food and Mm -hmm. having food obsessions and body obsessions and um, extreme exercise and everything. And it really came out of a very positive intention to be my best self, which is why it was so odd. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is, that's definitely different because I know you said that, um, correct me if I'm wrong, that you actually went through a period of binge eating. So what was that like for you? It was like someone took over my body. I was so confused because one day everything was fine. I never even thought about food or weight. And then the next day I couldn't think of anything else. And I would be like a zombie, like some, like in the kitchen, eating food, eating my, I was a college student. I was living with roommates. I would steal their food because I wouldn't buy it for myself. And so I would eat their food when they weren't home. And I'd be so embarrassed, so ashamed, and I couldn't get control of it. And it just kept getting worse and worse and worse. And then I would do the extreme exercise after I would binge eat, kind of like a bulimic type of tendency. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what it sounds like, the bulimic side of things. And so did you have a support system? How did you bring yourself out of this? Because this is really tough for a lot of people that I see that have gone through the binge eating, the bulimia, the anorexia, is uh, they have support, but they have to recognize within themselves that they have a problem. But did you, what type of support did you have? I definitely suppressed it all. I didn't talk about it. Um, nobody really knew, uh, except for maybe my roommates were like, well, why is she stealing my food? But I would replace it. So I mean, I don't know what they thought about that, to be honest. But okay. I definitely put on a happy face like everything was fine. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't even my choice to fix it, honestly. like That's why I keep saying the divine intervention, because mm-hmm. I was in the worst of it with zero way out. And then I got in a really bad car accident and Mm -hmm. it totally flipped my life upside down. And that's when it all changed. Okay. Yeah. So the car accident kind of shook you a bit, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I kind of reassessed priorities. Like, well, the first thing I thought of after my car accident was, well, how am I going to lose weight now? Because I can't move. Oh, wow. I was stuck on the couch and that's the first thing I thought of. And I was like, what is wrong with me? Mm. I can't think about weight right now. I got to think about, you know, being able to lift my own head again. Mm. And I kind of just said, forget the weight stuff. Like I don't have time to worry about that. And um, that release of it just sort of let everything kind of happen, at least in the, in the beginning sort of put it all into motion, I should say. Mm -hmm. Okay. Excellent. Now you have a strategy that you use with clients who are binge eating and you said it works in 30 days or less. This is what you, your goal is for it to work for them in 30 days or less. What is the strategy? How do you implement it? Yeah. So it is actually simpler than you would think. Um, It's not to minimize the, the feelings of what it is to be a binge eater. I get it. I was, I was in it, 
Um, but getting out of it is simpler than we would think. So the first thing is we got to ban dieting because the dieting is causing the restriction, the deprivation, all of that craziness. Mm-hmm. And when you feel deprived and restricted, or if you're physically hungry because you're dieting, guess what? <laughs> you're going to binge. <laughs> it's sort of natural human nature, psychologically and physiologically. Mm-hmm. So once we can kind of calm that stuff down and your body starts to realize, okay, we're going to get food. That's when we move into initiating that meal rhythm, which is like, okay, so I get food all the time. It's not like I get cut off at a certain point or I only get so much like food is, is a a plenty. (laughs) There's nothing off limits. Um, It's going to be fine. Now for a lot of people that nothing off limits triggers binge eating too, um, which is why there are more steps to the process. So the next thing we have to do is nix multitasking. Um, if we're always coupling eating with other tasks, then we don't. Our body doesn't have the ability to really be present with the food, and more importantly, our mind doesn't. And so our mind will keep driving us to eat when we're not hungry. We have to actually enjoy the eating experience, be present with it, get get all we need from it besides just the nutrients or vitamins that we hear about, but actually the pleasure, the satisfaction, the nourishment, the pleasure, like all of that stuff is really important as well. And then we have to get fulfilled because if we're eating when we're not hungry, then we're, there's a void somewhere that we're putting food into because when we are feeling empty or uh, or hungry, whether that's physical hunger or different kind of hunger, we need to feed that. So a lot of times we need to feed other things like creativity or intimacy or connection, mm. those kinds of things. Um, and then the last one is we have to end emotional avoidance because when we ignore our emotions and suppress them, they don't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times it's what drives us to eat when we're not hungry. Oh, excellent. So that's when you hear about people doing that emotional eating as, as they say. And we all emotionally eat. That's not necessarily a bad thing. We're humans. Okay. We have emotions. I have an emotion when I think of my grandma's, you know, homemade latkes or brisket. Like there's a there's a connection there for me. That's a positive one. But also if we're if we're trying to use food for emotional help, then we're sort of lying that that's what it's really there for. Okay, excellent. Thank you for that insight. Because <laughs> I know when I think about or when I hear the term emotional eating, I always attribute it to something negative. But it doesn't have to be negative. It could be, like you say, mm-hmm. uh, a memory. It could trigger a memory, a good memory. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, positive. You want that. Yeah, you want that eating experience to be emotional in a positive way. You just don't want it to replace everything else. Mm, okay. Yeah, excellent. Now, you met, you tell people they don't have to diet. And so you just basically, your technique is working with people where they are. And how do you go about, because, um, excuse me, you're in school for health. And how do you go about helping someone to know when to eat and what to eat so that they don't gain weight? Yeah, sure. So my degree is actually psychology, so health psychology. So I don't have any background in nutrition. It's not my mm-hmm. uh, interest at all. We have enough, in my opinion, experts and information about nutrition out there. I don't want to add to it. <laughs> so I'm trying to say, okay, that that's fine. We have all that, but what are we missing? What we're missing is that we're humans before all thing, everything else, right? We're humans before we're eaters. We're humans before we're nutrients and vitamins and those kinds of things. So what's going on in the human aspect that's getting in the way of this 
good nutrition advice working. Mm -hmm. So that's the psychology component. So what I look at is, well, what's causing this, right? So Mm -hmm. what's causing this is that you have to think of like a pendulum swinging, right? So you have the binge eating, the overeating, the out of control eating on this side, and then you have the extreme restriction deprivation dieting on this side. And most people just swing back and forth, Mm -hmm. back and forth. And you pick up momentum, right? The more you binge eat over here, the more you restrict over here. And everyone is just trying to achieve this balance in the middle. They just want to stop here, but they can't. You can't stop a pendulum. It just keeps swinging. And so what I try to teach people is we got to stop in the two extremes. We've got to come to the middle, which means, no, you're not going to, you know, binge eat crazy out of control over here, but you're also not going to restrict either. And so people say usually, well, how the heck do I not restrict and not binge, right? That seems impossible for most people. Um, And that's why I talk about this idea that, we have to give the mind something to distract it because if it's not over here focusing on every calorie it's eating and every fat gram and every whatever, it does feel like it wants to have a free for all. Mm -hmm. So I give people the mindful eating process as a distraction tool, actually. Mm -hmm. Yes. I love mindful eating. I think it's great. And and if people are doing mindful eating, awesome, but I use it more as a distraction tool than just as a mindful eating tool in itself. I, I give the mind something to do so that I can release that pressure of this pendulum going back and forth. Okay. Yeah. Now I'm going to go into our quote of the week. This one is from William Barclay. He says, there are two great days in a person's life. The day we are born and the day we discover why. Love it. That concludes my questions for you, unless you want to add anything else, you, can you tell us how to contact you? Yeah, no, that would be great. So if you want to find out more about that, how to stop binge eating in 30 days or less that we talked about, you can go to imdonedieting.com. Even if you're not done dieting yet, don't worry, you'll get there. Um, and it'll give you some more information there and all the information about my books and everything that we talked about today. Okay, excellent. Well, thank you for your time. You enjoy the rest of your day. You too. Thanks so much. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Shalanda Says. Remember to send your questions to shalanda at tookswaterguidance.com shalanda at tookswaterguidance.com to have them answered by myself and an expert guest. And don't forget to subscribe and share. And as always, have a productive day.